0: All right, Trinity Church. How are you doing today? It's great to see you. Happy Sunday. Uh, my name is Todd Arnett, I'm the lead pastor here at Trinity Church. You notice by the video, we are kind of shifting gears a little bit away from the idea of finding a place to serve, to finding a group to belong to, a group to be connected to, like you just saw. And we're really glad you're here with us. We're in week three of a series called "Where You Fit at Trinity." And we're really glad that you're here today. Let me give you a couple thoughts as we get going. First of all, I want to welcome you that are here in the worship center. For those of you out on the pavilion, I want to welcome you as well as those of you watching online. Thanks for joining us today. If in your Trinity this week, you have some notes if you want to get those out, help you track with us a little bit today. As well as if you have a Bible today, we're going to be in the book of Galatians. Galatians is in the New Testament, it goes Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. So if you want to find your way there, Galatians chapter 6 in particular, and uh, just kind of uh, have your spot there, and we'll get to that in just a second. Um, as you're doing that, today is a historic day. We begin our 5.30 service tonight. I'm really excited about that and launching off. It's going to be good. And uh, one thing that was really great in uh, even our time last week, we had a launch team meeting and about 50 people showed up and were really excited to say, hey, put me in coach. You know, where can I serve? And they were great with just any need that we had. They were just like, hey, I'm ready to do that. So it was a really good vibe. And one of the things that was really neat that I just wanted to share with you was multiple people said, you know what, that we even realized the area where we would serve is means that we can't be in the service on at 530. So we'll come back. We'll come to service in the morning and then we'll come back at 530 and serve. And I just want to put that in front of you. If you didn't even think that was an option. Like, could you really do that? I'm telling you, yes, you could. And we'd love for you to consider that. A lot of our schedules don't afford that, but some of yours do. And so I'd love for you to, to think and process that. But tonight we begin right here in the worship center, 530. Excited for that. Be praying for uh, just those who'd come and the way that God wants to use a new option, a new opportunity at Trinity. For those of you who might not be able to come, you can still help us get the word out. We have some lawn signs. They're actually big enough. We call them lawn billboards. And um, these would be great. They look great out in front of your house, like it looks great in front of mine. And what this is doing is getting the word out about this new 530 opportunity for people at Trinity. And I wanted to tell you, these are, by the way, after service, along with, uh, I'll tell you about stickers in a minute too, but they're out on the plaza. You'll see one of the easy ups, and these are available there. Um, The thing we, the reason we chose these though, we were talking with our communications teams and could have done things like a mailer, could have done door hangers, all that. But we mixed all those ideas because this is relational. And here's what I mean by that. When you put this out in front of your yard, people in your neighborhood are gonna know you go to Trinity. And that creates some incredible, cool opportunities and conversations. And we wanna keep giving you those opportunities. Ways that you can just say, hey, you know what? I want you to, I go to Trinity. If you wanna talk about it, if you wanna know more, I'd love to share with you. And so that's why we chose this method because we love the fact that it's actually giving you an opportunity to increase your influence in your neighborhood. So think about those. We said those are there. And maybe for some of us, you're like, you know what? Uh, For whatever reason, I don't know if I want a lawn billboard or I can't put one where my house is, but uh, I would love to put a bumper sticker on my car. You've noticed that we have those stickers uh, from a couple years ago, and we kind of launched our whole idea of our branding of Rooted and Reaching and with our our, uh, logo back there. And for some of you, I know I walk around this parking lot during service. I know you don't have them, okay? I am the parking sticker patrol, and I know they're not there. But even that, that brand awareness helps people understand who Trinity Church is. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but often before you ever go somewhere, you're wanting some degree of familiarity with it. And even if it's, I've seen that sticker on the back of cars, you have no idea actually how that helps people feel more comfortable coming and seeing what this is about, So those are on the back at the at the plaza as well and at Easy Up, love for you to help us just continue to get the word out of what we're doing and ways that you can be involved in it. Well, like I said, we're shifting gears and talking about small groups today and the idea of being a part of a community. And this is a big deal to us. One of the things we've talked, I, I speak with great conviction on both of these ideas, on the idea of serving and on the idea of small groups, because I believe the Bible speaks much to these ideas. That it is a big deal in the New Testament that we understand what our gift mix is and put it into use, and that we understand the value, the importance of community. We're going to see today, the Bible doesn't make a suggestion about the idea. It's a directive, and I really want you to consider that. These are the type of groups that are going to be out at our expo today. You'll see them up on the screen, whether it be home groups, men's groups, women's groups, recovery groups. Out on the lawn, you'll see an opportunity right after the service. We'll get done a little early, like we did last, the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> you can go find out more and get involved but i would just say that's a really obvious next step out of our time together today if you're not yet in a place where you can do life together a place where you can do the one another's that's kind of the the thing that we've been talking about the last few years related to this idea of where you fit at trinity we believe this is the biblical idea of where you do the one another's i love that you're here on a sunday morning and soon to be sunday night i love that you're here at a worship service but i just want to make it crystal clear living out the one another's in community can't happen here. You can be kind and greet people around you. You can get to know names. You can have great conversations on the plaza. That's awesome. I love that. Beyond even the idea of being preoccupied with God in worship, there's all kinds of good things. But to actually do what we're going to talk about today and many of the other one another's, you've got to be in community to do that. And a church worship service wasn't built for that But your home group, your men's group, your women's group, your recovery group is. And so that's kind of the the way that we're approaching as we start out today. Here's a couple things. Look in your notes. One of the core values that we have begun to surface and begin to share a little bit at a time, you'll hear these in, in, in full in the near future. But one of the ones that we are really putting in front of you is this idea related to, again, how we do life together in community. Look on the screen we pursue spiritual growth and life change in community. And what that idea is pushing is that we don't intend for you to grow in your walk with the Lord alone. Now there's alone components, you and God, but man, it's meant to happen in community. It's meant to happen in a place where you can be vulnerable. It's meant to happen in a place where you can do life together and live out the one another's towards each other. So this idea of small groups have a big deal, and it's, it's one of only six things that we are making much of related to our core values. So that's why you have to go, man, this is probably a pretty important deal. Look at our now what statement. Experience the benefits of, of a small group community by mutually bearing each other's burdens. That's the specific one another we're gonna look at today. And I really wanna key in on the word mutually, meaning a bearing each other's burdens is meant to go both directions. It's both what I receive or give, but also what I receive, and it's meant to happen all the way around that circle, and we'll share a little bit more about that. Look in your notes today. Number one, you're directed to be a source of relief for others. We'll see what this is talking about. You're directed to be a source of relief for others. Your Bibles is open to Galatians 6. Look at the first phrase, carry each other's burdens. Just that phrase, carry each other's burdens. Let's start a little bit with the context of the book of Galatians that will help frame really our time together today. Paul writes it. It's one of what we call four prison epistles: Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Can't really do that fourth finger that way. And um, and within that, uh, the reason they're called such is because Paul wrote them from prison. So, Galatians is very interesting. Of all those four, by far, it is the most corrective letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. I would actually say, of all the letters that Paul wrote, the only one that rivals it in terms of correction, meaning where Paul had to say, hey, you got this thing wrong, let me help you, are the letters to the Corinthian church. Here's the interesting thing, though, of the difference. The letters that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church were corrective related to how much they were simply living like they were before they were following Jesus, really living out of the flesh, terribly confused about how to follow Jesus and what really this whole new paradigm looked like of being a Jesus follower. They were confused on so many points. They would write to Paul, Paul, we have a couple questions. Paul writes back, yeah, I'll answer those two, but you've got like 20 more issues I want to help you with. So real corrective on that front. But the the letter to the Galatians is incredibly different from that. It's very corrective, but it's not so much because the Galatians were just kind of living out of control in some crazy ways in the flesh. They were actually trying to marry the idea of the law and grace. So as a result, Paul is saying, hey, what, what basically their theology was is that, hey, we have been following the Jewish code, this Old Testament covenant. It's so great what Jesus came to do. Now we'll add him to that concept. And Paul says, absolutely not. You've completely missed the point. Jesus came, he fulfilled the law, and now your identity is in him, not in keeping rules. So Paul writes, he's very corrective on the front of their legalism. It's a word that we use with people who are trying to say, hey, I can be right with God if I keep enough rules. And so Paul says, absolutely not. The Jews never could be right with God through that lens, only only to the degree that they could in this former covenant. But now that Jesus is here, all things are new. So that's what the letter to the Galatians is all about, is a correction away from legalism. That'll be really important today as we look at this, um, this passage. So look at these words, these first few words of the final chapter to the the church at Galatians. They were very counter to the way that legalists roll. Look at what Warren Wiersbe says about it. He says, the legalist is not interested in bearing burdens. Instead, he adds to the burdens of others. The legalist is always harder on other people than he is on himself. But the spirit-led Christian demands more of himself than he does of others that he might be able to help others. So we see already right out of the gates, knowing the context, knowing the the content of the book of Galatians, then all of a sudden we go, okay, well, that would have rubbed against that idea out of the gates because they were people who loved to add on more burden to people. Paul reverses it and says, rather than adding burden, come underneath and help bear it. Come underneath and help carry it. Let's look at the specific wording of this phrase, carry each other's burdens. The word carry means exactly what you think it means. It means to bear, to endure, to take up. The verbal tense, though, the word's really important. It's what we call a present active imperative, second person plural. So it's basically saying this. The second person plural is you all ought to do this. But then the imperative means it's a command. This is not a suggestion. This is not an observation. Oh, look, people are carrying each other's burdens. This is a directive. We are called to come alongside each other and carry each other's burdens. So that would have been really clear in this original language, and it is in our English language as well, but I just want you to get the sense of that. This is not a suggestion. This is really meant to be understood as something we're called to do. Also, I want you to know this. The word carry or bear each other's burdens doesn't give the idea that someone is burdened down with something and they can put it onto somebody else and say, oh, awesome, it's your problem now, and I walk away. Those are the groups that all of us in some ways are looking for, okay? I want to find a group that's going to take care of all my problems and I don't have to worry about anything. This passage isn't saying that. It's this wonderful tension, on the one hand, not to stand from a distance and watch people who are burdened down and do nothing. But on the other hand, it's also not saying, hey, I've got this real burden. Why don't you just take it and I'm free from it? It's saying, no, I'm going to join you. I've got a shoulder. I'm going to get up underneath that with you and we'll walk together. So it very much is the idea of sharing a burden not just simply taking it over. The New Testament has some other places where it uses the same word of to carry or to bear. Look how it says it, Romans 15, one. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Colossians 3, 13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has any grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So what Paul is saying is, hey, there are gonna be some challenging people within the body of Christ, in your local setting. And you know what? Sometimes it's going to be put up with them. Now, all over the New Testament, we'll see it even today, the word love is this predominant word, but sometimes it feels like I'm just going to endure with you because that's how some situations and some times are how people can be. And, and this is what I love about the New Testament. I love the idea that there's no fine print. Now, some of your eyes are going bad and the whole Bible looks like it's fine print, so I can't help you with that. But the idea is what the Bible does a good job is it says, I don't want you to be surprised about the way that it works in this Christian community or, or who God is and what he expects of us. I want to put it all on the table. There's no need for anything supplemental to the word of God because it's all there. This is what you can expect. absolutely love that. This passage that we're looking at in Galatians 6, though, has a little bit of a twist. It's not just saying put up with challenging people or challenging circumstances. This is what it says. Get under and join them. Help put up with their burdens. Carry or bear the burdens of one another. So this has a little bit of, a, I think, even a more profound idea of the idea of helping it to be bearable when people are burdened down. This, this is the way I want to explain this today. Let me kind of show it to you rather than just keep talking about it. This illustration has the possibility of being the best ever or being the worst thing I ever thought of. So I'm just going to let you know that to start. Um, here's how it goes. So let's say Todd has three tasks. Task number one, pick up the piano bench and move it over. Now, that doesn't seem like too big of a task and something that we can do well. If you've ever tried to pick this thing up, though, it's got lead inside of it. So it's a little heavier than it looks. And if I'm huffing and puffing, it just shows you I'm not as macho as I thought I was. But there you go, okay? And so this is, this is task number one. Pick up the bench, move it over, and I could do that. Task number two, move the piano. Okay? Okay? So will uh, did you at least see a nudge? It nudged, right? Just so I can feel good about myself, it nudged. But I can't do that by myself. Could someone help me? I need a helper. Just come up. You don't have to raise your hand. I, I literally need someone to come help. Mike, come on up. Can everyone thank Mike? Like I'll thank Mike. Uh, I think we were just doing this at my house not too long ago, not this big a one. So here's a handhold there if you want to grab that. And I'll grab here. And how about on the count of three, we're just going to move it straight across the stage. One, two, three. And kind of once we get it going. All right, that's pretty good. Thank you, Mike. Okay, no, don't, don't go anywhere. No, you're not good. You are good, but don't go anywhere. You're not done. So task number three, pick up the piano. So once you get on that side, I'll it over here. Okay, ready? Yeah. Count of three. One, two, three. Yeah, it ain't gonna happen. All right, so we need some friends. Come on up. We need you. Come on, come on. And by the way, this is not just a guy-only thing. Ladies, you're welcome to help us, okay? Come on down. We need some help. Probably about 10 of us around the piano, so if we can get that many. I only said like six. Come on. I'm not kidding. We aren't gonna lift it up unless you come and help us. So come and help. Okay. Six. All right, seven, eight, nine. All right, good. You guys come ready. Right here last. coming up. This is great. Why don't we come right up front? Good job. Thank you for helping. All right, come on over, you guys. You, want to, you got a spot over here? You find a spot? Okay. So here's the deal. We're going to pick this up, but here's the deal. We won't know if we picked it up until you wildly applause when you see daylight between the piano and the dolly that's underneath it. Okay, so I need you to go crazy. Guys and ladies around the piano, we're going to lift up, but what we're going to do is that Chris Steven bill they're gonna help we got to make sure the dolly like the legs go back on the dolly so don't just immediately go back down we'll do it easy okay here we go grab a spot on the count of three one two three all right let's go back down go back down slowly are we good guys Chris Chris all right we make it all right good job can you give these guys a hand thank you everybody high five thank you Scott thanks for your help I'm good, yeah, thank you, Steve, for, for asking. All right, great job. Can we thank these guys again, ladies and guys? Great stuff. Now, here's the thing. And by the way, so good, we're two for two. Our, my big challenge today, we were praying earlier, God, please don't let us break the piano. And God, please don't let us break it back. Those are the things we're after. So, so we're two for two, we'll see how tonight goes. But, but track this just for a second. There are burdens that you face in your life that you can handle on your own. Now, I don't mean your own apart from God. I mean in your time of prayer with him in asking his spirit to fill and lead you in the, your time with the word of God to make good decisions. The point is there are burdens that you face every day, and rightfully so. You take them on with you and God. That's great. Then there are other burdens. When We talked about the idea of moving the piano over. Mike and I could do that, Now, I couldn't do it by myself, and we didn't need a whole group to do that, but two people can, and there's burdens in your life where you need someone to come alongside you and walk with you and help share the load. And that can be a spouse, because it always changes. Sometimes it's never just the same person. It could be a spouse, it could be a parent, it could be a child, it could be a pastor, it could be a friend. But we need people in our lives that would, we could say, hey, would you help me with this? Would you bear this with me? And Mike came alongside and we pulled the piano over together and it worked. It, it accomplished the task. But there's group size burdens that you face. Mike and I could not, as, as buff as we are, Mike and, don't laugh at that, don't laugh at that. As buff as we are, Mike and I could not lift the piano and we needed a group around us. Here's the thing I want you to catch. Look in your notes. Who do you call? Who do you call? Where do you go when you have a group size burden in your life? You see, I'm telling you, even what we saw in the passage, this is not a question of if you will have this kind of burden. It's simply a matter of when. And you all know what I'm talking about. Because you have had these kinds of burdens where number one, you knew for sure you couldn't handle. Secondly, even when you got another person involved, it was rough and it was not going to work. But man, when you had a group of people circle you and a group of people come and help shoulder the load, it worked. That's the question I want you to keep out in front of you. John Stott said it so well. This is how he put it. Notice the assumption which lies behind this command and the command that we read earlier, carry one another's burdens. Notice the assumption, namely that we all have burdens and that God does not mean us to carry them alone. Two very simple ideas. We all have burdens and God does not mean for us to carry them alone. So here's what I want you to be encouraged by related to that. Number one, that if you're here today and you feel like, man, I just feel like I'm burdened down, whether it be in this season or consistently in life, and I feel like I'm the only one. I feel like I'm the only one going through it. I want to help you today. This passage helps us see you are not alone. Now, there may be people around you who are better at faking it. I'm going to give them that. But I guarantee you, people in this room today are going through it right now. People under your roof at your home are going through it. People that you work next to, that you go to school with, are going through it. Burdens are everywhere. That actually, in a way, should be comforting in the sense of going, okay, it's not just me. It's not just like I've got this dark cloud over me and I'm the only person. We all are. But here's the other thing. But we're called to go through it with other people. That that intentionality, that sequence of relationships is something that's necessary. And I was thinking about that this week. And for those of us who are doing that math, this is what you're also thinking of. You're going, Todd okay, that's great, I definitely realize I need someone to help me bear my burden, but that means that I have to be a burden bearer for others. And if I start doing that math, and I start thinking about the people that are in my group, let's say, or the people that are under my roof, or that I go to work with or go to school with, man, I'm gonna be overwhelmed quickly. I don't even know where that's gonna stop because there's burdens everywhere. And here's what I'd wanna say to you on that front. The great news is, is that God has this unique way of helping us know when we need to get involved and other times of knowing how we need to help others get involved. Because it doesn't need to be this thing in your mind where it's like, there's just no end to it. All I'm going to do is bear burdens the rest of my life. Can I say this? In some ways, that's true. I know me. I know what I long for. If I'm going to be just real vulnerable today, I love it when everything is working. That's not being vulnerable. I'm just, that's what you think too. We all want that. We just want things to work. We want relationships to work. We want the lawnmower to work. We want our car to work. We, we just want things to work. And when they're not, when they're in disrepair, it's just frustrating to us. So if part of the goal is, Todd, I don't want to be a burden bearer because I just don't want things to work. And then if I'm bearing burdens, that means things are not working, at least in someone's life. Can I just tell us all, let's get over that? Because this side of heaven, all that is fake anyways. This side of heaven, any kind of Um, kind of, uh, what's the word, Uh, manufactured sense of calm and peace and that everything's comfortable is just waiting to change anyway. Let's get over that and start getting into the idea that, God, that's what heaven is for, and this side of heaven, I want to engage. With your strength, with your power, I want to be someone who not only takes on the burdens I need to take on, but comes alongside others and does the same. That's what this passage is all about. And it's not a passage that's simply saying, oh, that'd be nice if you did. Remember how we started today. It said that burden bearing is an expectation. Burden bearing is something that we're directed to do. Here's one of the things that I love is that burden bearing relationships, uh, small groups, is nothing new to Trinity. 40 years ago, almost 40 years ago now, Trinity Church began. And when it did, the group of people who helped found it Had five really big ideas that we're trying to accomplish. What's going to define our church? What's going to be kind of our ethos, our DNA? And one of those five, I love the way they phrased it. We want everyone to be in an intimate, burden-bearing fellowship. I want you to catch that. I want you to see that the synonymous phrase they use for small groups was burden-bearing fellowship. If there's a way you can describe what this group of people are and what they do, they bear each other's burdens. I think that is so powerful. Their purpose wasn't, we want a group so we can have great social time, even though great social time is a great part of what a group does. They didn't say, the main reason we have a group is, what'd you get for number three? As though study was the main emphasis. They didn't say that. Now, I want you to hear this clearly today. Every single small group that Trinity Church has is wrapped around some sort of a biblical curriculum. Our home groups use our weekend messages. Men's groups, women's groups, recovery groups, are all using different curriculum or book studies. So we're not at all trying to minimize the word of God in a, stu- in a group, but I want you to hear it wasn't, what'd you get for number three? That's not what we started out to do. It's not the idea of having a place where you can just vent and be able to kind of get stuff off your chest, even though a small group is a great place to have confidants that you can trust with information and you can be there for one another. No, they said the reason why we need small groups is because they should be burden bearing fellowships. They started out with that 40 years ago, and I want to affirm and value small groups in the same way moving forward. That's why we do what we do. It's not the only dynamic to small groups, but it is a big one. And I'll show you in a minute. I really think it accomplishes the most important thing. And that's what I want to move on to. Number two in your notes today. You express love to others by sharing their load. You express love to others by sharing their load. Galatians 6.2, here's the rest of the verse. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. I told you today that context of the book was so important. Paul writing to legalists and trying to help them see you've missed it. That's why this back half of this verse is so powerful to me. And I think it raises a question. With legalists who simply wanted more rules... Why would Paul say, well, when you carry each other's burdens, you fulfill the law, another rule, you fulfill the law of Christ. And, and as I was processing it this week, this is the conclusion I came to. Paul's saying, you guys are so hungry for rule following, let me give you one. Do the one thing that Jesus commanded his disciples to do. Now, for those of us sitting here, we're, especially if you've been in church for a long time, you're kind of racking your brain like, "Now, what's the one command Jesus told his disciples to do? Because you read the Gospels and Jesus is directing his disciples to do lots of things. But I want to show you something. I want to show you in a place where Jesus is so overt. By the way, this phrase, the law of Christ, it's only found here in the entire New Testament. There's nowhere else that phrase shows up. But this is the place of all the times when Jesus was talking to his disciples. This is the only time in John chapter 13 and 15 where Jesus says, here's a command I give you. Look on your screen. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. John 15, 12, in the same conversation, this is what we call that evening conversation before Jesus hours from now would go to the cross. My commandment is this, love one another as I have loved you. John 15, 17, this is my command, love each other. So the only time, and you have to process this just for a second, of all the things, people were constantly confused. Is Jesus really Messiah? Is he really the Son of God? Can he speak authoritatively as though he is God? Can I help you understand, nowhere else in the Gospels does Jesus give a new command. The last time God gave commandments, Moses was on a mountain. So this is incredibly significant. No one but God himself himself gives commands, and Jesus says, I have one to add, and better said, to actually encapsulate all the others, love one another as I have loved you. Andy Stanley put it this way. He said, Jesus commanded us to love others. This was far less complicated than following all the laws in the Old Testament, but it was also far more demanding. We should always ask ourselves, what does God's love for me require of me? I love that statement. It's very profound. It's a lot lot less um, complicated to simply say we are called to love others, but it's much more challenging to say, oh, by the way, just do that. Love each other, and everything else is going to be covered. And here's what I want you to see I want you to see the wild thing if you think about that now and go back to Galatians 6 2. Carry each other's burdens, watch this, and in this way. So another way of saying this, and as a result, when you come alongside each other and carry burdens, as a result, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Look in your notes. What is burden bearing for one another? Simply put, how you practically demonstrate that you love your brothers and sisters. These are synonymous terms. When I say that we ought to be a people bearing each other's burdens, I'm synonymously saying we ought to be a people who love each other. The problem is in our English language, love means everything and also means it means nothing. This is a very tangible way to say, I care, I love you because I'm going to put a shoulder up underneath the things that you're facing and walk with you through this challenge. Powerful. So therefore, when we go back to what Trinity Church started out to do, all the more I keep saying, praise God, they had that clarity and that discernment to say that's what small groups should be for. A group of people who will bear each other's burdens. And in doing that, they will demonstrate love. Powerful. Finally today, number three. Oh, let me pull this thought together. I love this. Ephesians 2, look at the screen. This is how Paul actually combines the ideas. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. How? Bearing with one another in love. It's almost as though he's saying, he's overstating it because it's the same idea. Bearing with one another because it shows love. Finally today, number three in your notes. When you're a part of God's family, you're meant to care deeply for your brothers and sisters. When you're a part of God's family, you're meant to care deeply for your brothers and sisters. Away from, second, or away from Galatians, but in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 28, besides everything else, is Paul writing, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? I'll share with you why I chose those verses in just a second. Some of you are here today, and you have been amening in your spirit all along. Now, I say in your spirit because at Trinity Church, we don't get a lot of verbal amens, okay? And I've learned to live with that. But inside, you're just going, go get it, Todd. That's right. Keep going. This is great. Amen. There you go. That being said, you're still not going to join a small group today. You think it's a great idea. You see the biblical basis for it. You understand clear, just simple English that I'm sharing today, but you're still not going to do it. And here's why not. You're going to say, Todd, I just don't have time. I have too much going on. And that may be true. I'm not going to argue that. Others of you say, you know, Todd, I tried a small group. It did not go well. It ended badly. I'm not doing it again. And that may have totally been the case. Others of us are going to say, Todd, I have a lot of healthy relationships. I just don't think I can add any more kind of relational bandwidth right now. And that may be true. But I want to do this. I want you to pull back from whatever type of excuse that you're kind of have in your mind of why you're not going to do this. I want you to pull back. I just want you to simply listen to something or ask this question of yourself. Look in your notes. This is what I want you to know. Do you want to be on the other side of willfully choosing to disregard a directive from God's word? Simple statement. Do you want to be on the other side of that? And and here's what I mean, and that might sound like a woe statement, but I said earlier today, carry each other's burdens is an imperative verb. It's a directive from God. I did not write it, nor did I write the rest of the New Testament, okay? So this is not my opinion. This is not me being pushy. This is me just saying to us, the people of God who are trying to grow and be more like Jesus in our walk of him, with him, for him, he says with clarity, be connected in community with a group of people where you bear each other's burdens. I don't want anything less than God's best for you. So that's why week in and week out, I'm going to tell you the truth, because I care. Here's how this plays out. Some of us who would say, you know, Todd, I just don't have time for that simple question. Do you have time to eat? And the only thing I mean by saying that, we make time for what matters to us. Second scenario, Todd, I've been in a small group and went badly. I don't doubt that for a minute, but the same idea I used last week, just because you go to a restaurant and have a bad meal doesn't mean you never go out again. Why did both of my illustrations have to do with food? I have no idea. I think it's getting close to lunch and I'm hungry. I don't know. But, but within that concept, let me say this. Let me be just transparent with you. I have been in small groups before that did not go well. And we kind of got to the end of a season. And when we did, we all just kind of looked at each other like, we're kind of done, right? We all kind of nodded our head like, I think so. And guess what? The very next season, there was an opportunity to be in a small group. Joanna and I got in a new one. Because the goal, it might not be the best fit every time, but the goal is to find a group where you can be someone who can do that, who can bear each other's burdens, who can have that connection. And I would say, Keep trying. We do our small groups a lot like a school calendar. That's why a big push in August, they'll basically meet from September till about May or June. A lot of our groups should meet year round, but most of them take the summer off. My group just started back this week. And what was so powerful when I asked around the room, what are you looking for this year? What are we trying to do? It was powerful to hear someone say, "I I hope we can be there for each other. Yeah. More than words, but in action and in truth. That, that's what Paul is writing about, those words from 2 Corinthians 11, is Paul saying, I care deeply, not just like theoretically, I, when someone's weak, I feel the weakness. When someone's tempted to sin, man, I burn inwardly like, oh, don't do that, stay clear, follow, follow the spirit in you. Th- those are the things that Paul's saying, I feel deeply for the people around me, I'm connected to them, it's not as though it's just people at arm's length. And you might be here at Trinity and go, you know what? I just don't know that I have those relationships. And I'd say on a Sunday morning, yeah, you probably don't. But that's what small groups are for. I want to finish this way by saying this today. I want to affirm how many of our small groups are doing this so well. I sent out an email to our pastors. I have a few stories I'm aware of from my group and others, but I asked our ministry staff, I said, who, tell me just some stories real quickly or give me some ideas of how we're bearing each other's burdens in our small group ministry right now. And it was so cool to get the stories back and hear the things I expected. People who are being there for one another related to meals when there's a need. People who are being there for one another are picking up kids because there's a, a conflict of timing and that's happening. People who are being there for one another by grouping together financially and paying for someone's uh, car bill, their, their automotive repair. People being there for one another through the challenges of going through real deep valleys and marriages, real deep valleys and raising kids and all those things. And I want to affirm if you're in one of our small groups and you are bearing each other's burdens, please only walk away feeling affirmed from today because you're doing exactly what we're after. Finally, let me say this, if you're here today and you're going, you know, Todd, I really want to embrace the mission of Trinity Church to be someone who's rooted in Jesus reaching my world. Can I tell you a powerful way you reach your world is when you share with them what God is doing in your small group? Not necessarily even the study, but the way you're bearing each other's burdens, because you know what they'll realize? You and the people in your group, you have a supernatural love for each other because nobody does that for each other like that and that will be winsome when the people who haven't yet put their faith in Christ they hear about that kind of love and they go I'd love to know what that's like this week let's be a people let's be a people who maybe begin or step out and continue to experience the benefits of a small group community by mutually bearing each other's burdens let me pray Father God, we come before you today as a people who are so grateful for your word, grateful that you know what's best for us. Even in the areas that we might resist, in the areas that we're not interested in, God, you know and you've developed us with this deep relational need, a need to be known, a need to both bear others' burdens and to have others share in bearing ours. And many of us are operating, some of us, totally alone, and and we can lift the piano bench size burdens in our lives but we are stuck trying to move the piano or lift it up. Others of us are saying, hey, but I'm married, or hey, I've got a a close friend, or hey, I've got a coworker, whatever, and we're close. And and they're helping you pull the piano. But man, when it comes to the the challenges that even outweigh you and another person, the group-sized burdens, you have no one. No one to come alongside you. My prayer today is that you would simply see from Scripture that there's this mutual burden-bearingness that God has for his people, and you would say, I need this. God, help us as a people continue to do this well. Help us as a people demonstrate your incredible love for one another. And God, would a world who is confused or a world who doesn't want to know who you are, God, would they, would they turn their heads? Would they take note that we are Christians because of our love? Thank you so much. We love you and we pray in Jesus' great name. Amen. Before you go today, just two quick things. One is we got done early today so you could go out to the small group expo. For many of you, that is such an obvious next step. Go out there, ask questions, get some answers. Secondly, we have people down front who would love to pray for you and just take any burden off of your shoulders that they can't fit. It's a great way we bear each other's burdens. Otherwise, have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.